0: hey guys this is table talks with the tares an inside look at the everyday conversations we have at our mesa that's spanish oh gosh i forgot what it was in german oh at our tisch. <laughs>
1: tisch. Tisch. okay that's
0: the german word for table oh
1: nice yeah i'm ashley
0: babe i love your tisch. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. you know well we had a lot of fruitful conversations at our Tisch today. I think <laughs> the big that's old the word. Tish, I so. <laughs> man,
1: your German is rusty. Man. I know it's
0: terrible. Yeah, we we just did a little uh, replay bit breakdown of yet another argument we've had.
1: Another <laughs> <laughs> <that>
0: argument.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you love just airing our arguments
0: out. There. Right. No, I think this is a good one to just look back on and just we're so fundamentally different. In how we process how we think through things how we relate to each other the upbringing that we bring to the table and it's just fun to dissect why are you the way that you are mj why
1: are you the way
0: that you are so <laughs> this one is a bit of a longer one but i think it's worth listening to because it gets you into the mind the mysterious and wonderful mind of ashley all right <laughs> my tish don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> <Hope you enjoy. laughs> I think we think we should talk about it because you and I differ in this we surprise, surprise. A lot of things. Yeah,
1: pretty much all the
0: things. We're we're aligned in the essential things. Yes, but literally everything else we're completely opposite.
1: Yeah, and the things I think that we value and believe we're very much aligned.
0: Yeah, it's like we both believe in baptism, <laughs> but you're baptism by immersion, and I believe in infant baptism. Like they're both baptism. <laughs> you're so. They don't, you know, they're not saving works.
1: Stop it.
0: But I think it just comes to the surface and you've got a lot going on. We've got a busy week ahead. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things floating around. Okay. Kids have been sick. Yes. So what I wanted to get to was just this idea of as an external processor, Uh just being the way that you are.
1: Okay. (laughs) Okay.
0: I wanted to see, like... All right, can I just use the example from this Ooh. afternoon? Okay. Our HVAC in Graham's room isn't working. We call a guy. Guy didn't respond. I text the guy. Guy texts me, hey, my assistant guy is going to come by in an hour and a half. So I did the bing bang boom math. I was like, an hour and a half? It's going to be 2 to 3 p.m. Texted you. And, you know, to anybody that's at home thinking about these kids that you're dealing with all day no you know that that's like smack dab in the middle of nap time and so you just call me afterwards like here's the thing that's going on with Graham's unit and you're just like verbally processing some of these things and Mm -hmm. how it was not scheduled at the right time and so i think what i'm trying to unpack some more
1: it's the verbal processing piece yes okay
0: the verbal processing piece because
1: and and maybe more specifically you tell me if i'm wrong the venting it's verbal vent it's um
0: yeah it's it's almost it's almo- it's more venting to the, the the idea of emotional support that you mentioned that you need mhm and like this what comes to mind to me is this like the companion in the feeling of what you're feeling.
1: Okay. But before we pursue that route, because that, that is very specific to me, <laughs> I do wonder if, because as soon as you put emotional anything on it, yeah. it's it seems like it's more in the category of generally a female, right? Uh-huh. However, I'm wondering if guys listening to this who are verbal...
0: External Not processors.
1: External processors. Yeah. Yeah. Where and basically that by that it means that you process your thoughts out loud rather than to yourself, mm-hmm. like in your head. I wonder if they would resonate with the sort of venting, maybe that you feel like I sometimes give you. You know what I mean? Where it's mm-hmm. like a a mental processing, but it's coming out as like a venting. Yeah. And so. So in that sense, when you, when I say like, I'm looking for, sometimes that venting is alleviating emotionally for me. I I also wonder if guys would feel the same way Mm -hmm. and that the guy counterpart would say, yes, I'm looking for that in the relationship as well. Yeah. and so because when we throw something like i'm looking for emotional support out there it's just it gets so frou-frou so f- like it's taken that way so fast you know what yeah. i mean it's such a turn off to so many people to hear something like that and so i think it would be helpful for us to just kind of get to the bottom of like what does that mean what does that look like because i don't i think while that is specific To you. Yeah, and like my personality and how I think and process and blah, blah, blah. I, I also wonder if other people can resonate with it too.
0: Then maybe it should be more of the question of, okay, as an external processor, then what about saying it out loud helps you get to a certain spot that wouldn't let you get there by just, say, journaling or thinking about it?
1: Yeah, I think... I think it's immediate, right? And so I think the the thing is that when I have thoughts racing, but I'm not able to actually process th- those thoughts because I process out loud or externally. like I have to journal, I have to speak with someone. For me to think in my head further like constipates it feels like it like constipates those thoughts
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so it's a jumbled mess that needs to come out and so when it, and, and a lot and not a lot of times but there are specific moments when it comes out like venting yeah and when i'm done with the venting that process is the venting helps me process my thoughts. And so it's very alleviating at the end of that. However, to the recipient of that, <laughs> yeah. it, it feels like dumping. I, I think I would, I'm just guessing based on seven years of being married to you and wow. you giving feedback on how that feels to be received. It yeah. feels like dumping and sometimes very unexpectedly, like when you're not ready for it, looking for it, it, sometimes it just comes out of the blue because it's been mulling, like I've been ruminating on it but Mm -hmm. not able to really fully process what it is that I'm thinking in a succinct way. And I'm seeking that. And so my inability to do that is frustrating. So I think there's a lot of frustration that comes out, not even about the circumstance that started the thing, you know, it's more of my inability to get to the thing that's causing me the frustration In my head, you know, and I don't even know if I'm explaining that in a clear way, but there's a frustration that's added to the mix when I don't know, when I can't think my thoughts and I can't get it out because, you know, as an external processor, I mean, sometimes I do talk to myself, like when I'm going through instructions, sometimes I'll be like, I'll just say it out loud because that's, I'm an external processor, you know? And so that's how my mind literally processes thoughts. Yeah it can look like a lot of different things too. It can look like hijacking conversations. I know that it comes across that way, but sometimes I'm literally just like, in order for me to process what the other person is saying, I have to like speak it out loud. And I, I sometimes like even interrupt, you Mm -hmm. know, like just there are, I think traits that are characteristic in a general sense of an external processor, That's like, now that I know that's how I am and that it's not necessarily like a personality flaw, it's like a processing thing. Yeah. I'm not saying that those habits, my way of processing doesn't come across negatively to some people. I'm not saying that or that I shouldn't work on that, but. So you're saying you should I can't work on it. change the way that I think, though. you know what I mean? Right? I can't change the way I think my thoughts, and it's out. it's externally. So I have to journal. I have to speak it. That's it. Like if you're like go in this room and think about what you did, mm-hmm. that would never like, it's going to mentally constipate me. yeah, because I need to get it out. And so I think because of that, sometimes it's frustrating if I don't have an avenue for being able to process my thoughts. And so at the point that you receive the venting, it's pen, it's like constipated thoughts running through my head. It's just like, and now I'm frustrated because I can't get it out. You know what I mean? Like I can't, I haven't been able to put logic to what I'm thinking or feeling. And it's really, and it's frustrated me. And so I think that's, those, that's probably the moment that you're speaking to. <laughs> it's like yeah. that moment where it just comes out. It was unwarranted mm-hmm. or by surprise. And you're just like, whoa, I wasn't ready for this. Yeah. And sometimes it's not even about you. It's about like, I just need to get something off my chest. Sometimes I think maybe a more self-aware external processor would be able to say like, hey, I just need to get this off my chest. And I don't need you to do anything with it. But like, I, I just need somebody to listen, you know, and I, I'd like to think I've grown in that in some way, shape <laughs> or form in so many years. But, you know, in certain seasons, yeah. you know, there are times where I just have a lot more work to do. I think.
0: I'll tell you what, it does certainly run in the family because sometimes when Graham comes out of her room, mm-hmm. it's really just Graham. hmm. <laughs> feel like I'm joining a conversation she's had in her mind mm-hmm. mid sentence. Yep. Like today when I got home, she was like I found I found somebody that I think I'm going to adopt or something like that. I don't remember what she said. And apparently she really like had a great experience with the HVAC guy that mm-hmm. took a look at it. Mm-hmm. And I was like what the heck are you talking about? Yeah,
1: no context. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes I think again, I don't know if this is I don't know if this is a trait that runs in my family more than like I can speak for all external processors. You know what I mean? I think, yeah, there is that like running track constantly in my mind. And sometimes you push the play button and it's like, wait, there was no context for what you just said. (laughs) Like, What are you talking about?
0: Yeah, I think one of the things that's interesting is that I don't think you are necessarily just one or the other either because there are instances where, you know, I would not consider myself an external processor. Mm Mm-hmm necessarily i tend to be the one that like listens to a conversation Mm -hmm. absorbs it gets everybody else's kind of angle on something like in a meeting for example and then whatever else is missing i like chime in or if there's something insightful that could be helpful to everybody i'll i'll Mm -hmm. add to the conversation Mm -hmm. but there are still instances in our relationship where i have had something in my mind that's been bothering me Mm -hmm. and it's not until i'm able to externalize it with you that I can actually put it to rest.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: So I wouldn't say that you're solely an external processor either, because you do spend time internalizing or you know having that internal dialogue as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's just that my internal dialogue is those aren't my succinct thoughts, and I don't get to my succinct thoughts until I'm able to get it out. Yeah, and maybe that's where some of the frustration comes from that I can't get to it, you know? So I run over, like, I run it over in my mind, but it's like I can't get to its end. Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't think, I don't think you're necessarily one or the other. I think I just get to my succinct aha thoughts when I am saying it yeah. out loud or writing it.
0: Let's let's talk about the conversation we had earlier about, earlier this week about like for you adjusting to kind of what new normal is in at home Mm -hmm. and then for me like i'm currently working by myself in the office Mm -hmm. and you know we're we're gonna grow our team here in charlotte but trent's not gonna join in until november and so there's also a kind of a redefinition of what the normal workday rhythm working by myself looks like as well i think it was just that like i think we are still settling in to Mm -hmm. what normal looks like here and what are some of the things that you can do with the kids and like the kids also are changing and growing. I'm tying it back to what we were talking about earlier with like getting your thoughts in order. Mm. And I think that you and I actually are more similar in this way in that when we have had time to organize our thoughts mentally, Mm -hmm. And for you and I, it's mostly been through some form of journaling. And I think I've generally neglected that practice because I just feel like I don't have the same type of time allocation I was able to give to it before we had kids. And so I'm like, I can't devote the amount of time that I would like to to it. And I think through just talking to you and like realizing how helpful it actually is, even if it just means being able to only spend five, 10 minutes on it. Mm-hmm. I have found it to be tremendously helpful. Yeah. And just like, you know, for the workplace distilling to the, what are the two, three things that you're going to try and knock out that are important for you to try and knock out today? Mm-hmm. And that helps get things back on track. It's helped me over the last two days since we've had that conversation to just, again, just kind of like redefine or or just get back into the rhythm of feeling like, okay, this in this new setting, what is the new normal going to be like. Mm-hmm. And I think for you similarly with being in a new setting, finding new relationships, what are the rhythms with the kids and then with your mind constantly like thinking about things that you can be working on. Mhm. You know, distilling your day to the like two or three things that you think you can knock out. Yeah. For the day. So.
1: No, yeah. I have two thoughts. So one ties back to what we were talking about earlier. I think What's hard about my weakness, maybe not versus your weakness, and that one's, they're both not good, you know, in, in ways that it can play out. Yeah. Mine is just, it comes out more, maybe seemingly aggressively, like if I'm venting, right? That's just kind of, or confrontational. Yeah. I don't know how, what you would call that. Even if it's not about you, it feels maybe like it's geared towards you. Like you just kind of absorb it. Or or maybe are expected to like absorb it. And that's not fair. No, so
0: I think, let me just say this real quick. I think the knee-jerk reaction that I have when you do vent is that the whole purpose of you bringing it up to me is in order for me to try and address something that isn't going well between you and I. It's like hyper... From your perspective? Yeah, it's hyper-pragmatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it's just like... You want to fix it. No, like the only reason anybody would ever bring any deficiency up to me is because of something I'm doing wrong. I see. Otherwise, why would you tell me about a problem that I can't solve? Like it's like a hyper pragmatic view of I feel like a light bulb went off.
1: Well, I was just going to say, but also characteristic. And we talked about this before in meeting needs. Yeah. Of someone who. It is used to operating and meeting their own needs. So that makes sense. Like, why would I bring up a need that I have? Because like, I'm expected to just like meet it myself. Yeah. If I bring it up to you, then you have something to do with it.
0: Yeah. You play a role in it. Otherwise, I wouldn't be bringing it up to you. that's interesting
1: because it's not how I see it. It's just not the upbringing I had at all.
0: Right. You know what I mean? So that's why I have to like turn that part off of like the vigilant, I need to drop everything and like help you out
1: but also what i kind of pick up from you is that you feel like you are the brunt of it even when it has nothing to do with you like it was right. caused by you again because yeah. yeah
0: my mind was trained to think that the reason this deficiency is bringing brought up. being brought up is because if i'm not responsible for it then why are you I pl- it no no, no i uh-huh. play a role in at least alleviating it i see
1: i see interesting yeah it's so funny. You know, you could be married for seven years and it's like, man. This there's is, still an aha I mean, moment. Well, We're still learning each other. Well, I know this too. And yeah. yet it's so hard when the engine is running to recognize that.
0: And then add another layer on top of that, love. There's, We've talked about this in bits and pieces, but there's this sense of, you know, the premise of you don't want to emotionally burden other people. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you're protecting them, like in air sure, quotes. Sure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so if it has crossed of the threshold if your emotional state has crossed the threshold of not wanting to emotionally burden others, again, because I'm viewing I'm erroneously viewing you through the lens of how I was brought up.
1: hmm
0: And if it or if something has really affected you so much such that it crossed the threshold of not wanting to emotionally burden me. Mm-hmm then it must be something that's extremely burdensome or painful. And that's just like fundamentally different in terms of where you're coming from.
1: Yeah. And it makes a lot of sense why when I share these things that in my mind feel like not that big of a deal. Yeah. The response I get is like just maybe a lot more, seems like a lot more weight. Yeah than I actually feel about it.
0: Right. Yeah. It's disproportionate. Yeah. And the funny thing too is that you kind of already know what you want me to say to you. And you even, in some cases, you're like, I know it feels fake to you, but I just need you to tell me that it's going to be okay. And I was like, (laughs) uh... (laughs) it's gonna be okay babe (laughs) and you're like wow i feel so much better already and so that tells me it's not actually like you said it's not actually anything that's actually happening yeah as much as that there's an acknowledgement that i see you of where you're at with where you're at yeah and that i will come alongside you in that i think again it's still something i'm learning so
1: yeah um
0: tell me about that what's what's that all about
1: telling me it's gonna be okay yeah
0: when you literally say babe i know it feels fake to you
1: (laughs) i mean i don't always say that no you don't but but when i can tell you're like i don't
0: know i'm really trying to overcome some of my own (laughs) inertia yeah
1: yeah i think in the process of that when i get to that point of venting yeah and it's like coming out and i'm like this and this and this and this and i'm just like saying all things My day was so stressful because this and this, and you know, I don't think, no, I know I'm not looking for you to necessarily solve it because if I was, I would specifically ask you. You know, it's more of, I think, you know, in our talking about this the other day, yeah, some of what I came to was sometimes just need reassurance that I'm not a failure because Hmm. i i think i think that's like the deep 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 thing that's like underneath that right and the way i backtracked to like get to that point was the day that this happened and it was a really rough day in general yeah and the kids were very they weren't feeling well and they were very they just like, we're that whiny, cryy, like, feeling so They were clinging on to you. Very clingy. Yeah. And I felt a little bit suffocated by the end of the day. i have just like, my needs have been totally eclipsed by these two tiny human beings leading me to hold them. When I hold one, the other one cries. When I hold the other one, the other one cries. <laughs> like, one mama, two babies. What the heck am I supposed to do here? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And so, I yeah I feel like in the venting, underneath that was a feeling of failure. Like I should have been able to have been on top of the things that went wrong today. Mm-hmm. like i i'm I'm making myself the problem. I think in that moment is what's really happening, and feeling like as someone who maybe tends more towards like achievement, being type A kind of personality a go-getter, I don't know, whatever other, yeah. you know, phrase. I should have been able to do those things that fell through today. And so I'm like venting about it because I'm frustrated about it. But it, behind that is really a feeling of like, but I should have been able to do it. Yeah. I'm frustrated that I wasn't able to do it. And the fact that it, you know, today was so hard was because I wasn't able to get it together enough to make it happen, you know? And so I think I put that pressure on myself and there's a sense of failure like underneath it, that I'm really looking for you to speak to. Not, it's not even like a conscious thing, you know? But I think more than like fixing any of those things, it's more of just being like, Hey, you're not a bad mom. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, you know, it's okay that these things didn't happen. And, I think it was like a slew of things where I usually like to have like dinner ready for you when you're coming home and it was like things leading up to that where that was like the final thing and I was like and I'm sorry, I don't even have dinner like ready and I was just like venting and like upset but really in underneath that is a feeling of like I should have. Like I should have been able to do this and because of this and because of this and the kids were sick and da 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 you know. So there here comes the venting of all the things I'm kind of stacking up all my failures in that day. I yeah. think. And so more than problems to be fixed. It's more of thing maybe my to do list it didn't get done that I feel like I should have been able to do. And so I think in that moment there is like more of an emotional need there of like I think if I could be vulnerable enough, <laughs> I'd say, Hey, I feel like there's um you know ten things I should have been able to do today. One of them being having dinner on the table when you got home. And I'm really feeling like a failure (laughs) at life today. And so I think, you know, I just don't tend to speak so vulnerably. I don't know that most people do, but Mm -hmm. I think in that moment, that's really what I'm looking for from you is to look at me and be like, I love you and I don't think you're a failure in the way that you're stacking up all your failures today.
0: Some people had their fear and their anger. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah anger is so much more it, it feels like something you can control rather than vulnerability you're yeah. giving control to somebody else it feels like you know yeah. where if i can be angry i can still kind of control that situation so i think it feels like more a more powerful emotion
0: it um kind of makes me think about like how do you overcome those things and i think it's only one of the things that could help it is that you find yourself in those situations, and you'd feel like a complete f- failure, although you might not admit it. Like right? in- internally, you've only knocked out three of the mm-hmm. twenty-five things that you had listed, and the twenty-five things would have you could have had a perfect day, and you would have not been able to accomplish the twenty-five sure, things, sure. right? Yeah. Like it's, some of the things were just out of reach. And I think the only way you can kind of retrain your mind is to actually come to the end of the day where you did not accomplish everything and be told that it's okay Yeah. like i'm still here i did not have a 25 bulleted list of items that i expected you to accomplish today Yeah. and you being present with your children is sufficient because they're sick right because they're yep. not feeling well and yep. they needed their mom and their mom was there for them yeah and otherwise you know it just and i think for me too In the same way where I constantly have to retrain my brain to think that you're coming to me not for a fix, not for me to drop what I'm doing and do whatever it is that you are venting about, Mm -hmm. but to just rewire my brain in those every instance where I'm not thinking about it correctly. And for you to just remind me about that is like, you have to almost have like deliberate exposure to small forms of... Inefficiencies or failures, mm-hmm. and still being told that, like, you know, I'm still here at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Like, we've got each other at the end of the day. Yeah. I'm for you at the end of the day. And you are, you know, you are made for where you're at. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it can feel like really discouraging. Yeah. Yep. So,
1: yeah. And that ties back, that kind of led to our conversation that you were referencing before of just making those lists of things to do to kinda of clear the mental clutter. Yeah. And for me, really for me it was like, I need to taper down that list quite a bit. Yeah. Pick your um, top two. Yeah.
0: You have kids. Right.
1: And yeah. The other thing though that I wanted to go back to was so my thing is I think for the external processor, the thing I don't know. Maybe it is just me. Maybe other external processors don't vent like I do. But I would just guess maybe once or twice in their life they possibly have vented (laughs) and or just caught someone and kind of gone into that processing when the other person wasn't ready maybe to receive it on the flip side though so that's my thing and I have to own that and I have to recognize that it's not fair to people to catch people by surprise or trap them into my mental processing when they didn't They they didn't sign up for it, you know? Mm -hmm. The truth is, like, I've been the brunt of that from other external processors, too, and it drives me nuts. And I'm like, but that's, but I get it, because, like, that's how I am, too. (laughs) I can't really be upset about it, because I'm that. (laughs) And so, yeah, on the flip side, though, like, I think with an internal processor, at least what I experienced with you is, because it's easy to point the venting out as the flaw, because it's, like, like I was mentioning before, confrontational. It's like easy to spot. Like, ooh, yeah. that's, that's a flaw, you know? Whereas like for the internal processor, there is this like retreating into yourself of like. Yeah. And so I think though that's less aggressive or maybe hostile that like maybe a venting session would come mm-hmm. across as, it's still like a thing that can lead to, like you could just be like super detached because you're just like all within your head in your thoughts, and so I think for both of us, what's interesting is that the thing that kind of snaps us out of that is the other person's way. Yeah. And so I need to take some time to like stop venting, go think about right. my own thoughts, and then for you, you have to actually like I have to pull it out of you and be like, okay, let's come out of like where you're retreating to. Like, don't. Right.
0: So like to equalize it, when you share something with me emotionally it's probably not as dire as i respond to it mm-hmm. when i share something with you emotionally it's probably more dire right than i preface it to be yeah and so we've through the years had to dial in appropriate responses to like conversations around specific emotional things right because of how we're so differently wired yeah and like you said we've kind of looked over to the other side of the aisle and realized we both could benefit from on the one hand more internal processing and on the other hand more externalization because it's not necessarily that like you want to be the same at the end of the day but i think being fully on one or the other comes with its hazards yeah and so learning from the other person which babe, I'm I'm always learning you. Girl. <laughs> I'm always studying you. Um but I mean, honestly, it's we're so different yeah. that yeah. you know, even though in some ways I know who you are and I know how you're wired, I think the way that we just kind of interact is there's always something new.
1: Yeah. And I think too, something interesting about marriage is that We are always still changing. And so you are not the way that you used to be. And so the way that I used to know you doesn't apply today. Right. All the time, you know, and vice versa. And because we are, this might be specific to us, you know, I don't know about other couples. I can't speak for other couples, but because we are so different, I feel like you have rounded me out to take on some more of, your traits than i had prior to being married to you and I'm, I'm not saying i'm all of a sudden an introvert who's an internal processor mm-hmm. and i'll probably never be that <laughs> in fact i know i'll never be that it's but not a disease babe i have become more introverted and i appreciate more introverted like alone time activities than I ever did before being married to you. No, <laughs> I think I'm once you like, have
0: kids, you become introverted nonetheless. Yes, yeah,
1: pretty much. <laughs> but like, it's just that it's interesting in that we are changing each other too. Yeah. Like we're changing each other, but we're also changing individually. And so, right. and not that like, I don't mean that like, you're changing me and I'm changing you. You can't make other people change. That's not what I'm saying. It's more of just, we are becoming like each other simply for the fact of living together for seven years. And so mm-hmm. even though we still are who we are and some of those traits are just deeply you know, ways of upbringing, all those things are deeply ingrained in us. We are learning how to merge that as a couple and operate in a way that can be at peace, you know, with our differences. And so it's just interesting. I say that because w- it really is a lifelong process of learning each other because we are, you and I today are not the same people that we were seven years ago. Yeah. So we have to keep learning each other because <laughs> there still is more to learn.
0: Because Gosh, I hope I'm not the same <laughs> that I was seven years ago. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, but it's just, and and you, we know that to be true. Like we can say like, oh yeah, we change yeah. as people, you know, but the reality is that like, I'm just such a different person than I was when I first married you and so my ways of operating and my ways of thinking are different even than how I was you know when we were dating and so Yeah. It's just an interesting facet of marriage.
0: Well, hey, guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Table Talks with the Tare's.
1: We'd love to hear from you. And if there's something you'd specifically like for us to talk about, visit honors slash table talks to let us know.
0: And if this episode was helpful to you, be sure to subscribe and to also share it with a friend. We really appreciate your support.
1: All music is from the OG MJ Tare. Join us next time for another conversation at our table.